Section twelve of Confessions, volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes three and four, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section twelve. One morning, when he expected to give audience in bed, or rather on the bed, having on a handsome nightcap ornamented with rose-coloured ribbon, a countryman arriving knocked at the door. The maid happened to be out. The judge, therefore, hearing the knock repeated, cried, "'Come in!' and as he spoke rather loud it was in his shrill tone the man entered looked about endeavouring to discover whence the female voice proceeded and at length seeing a handsome headdress set off with ribbons was about to leave the room making the supposed lady a hundred apologies Monsieur Simon, in a rage, screamed the more, and the countryman, yet more confirmed in his opinion, conceiving himself to be insulted, began railing in his turn, saying that, apparently she was nothing better than a common street-walker and that the judge-major should be ashamed of setting such ill examples the enraged magistrate having no other weapon than the jordan under his bed was just going to throw it at the poor fellow's head as his servant returned this dwarf ill-used by nature as to his person was recompensed by possessing an understanding naturally agreeable and which he had been careful to cultivate though he was esteemed a good lawyer he did not like his profession delighting more in the finer parts of literature which he studied with success above all he possessed that superficial brilliancy the art of pleasing in conversation even with the ladies he knew by heart a number of little stories which he perfectly well knew how to make the most of relating with an air of secrecy and as an anecdote of yesterday what happened sixty years before he understood music and could sing agreeably in short for a magistrate he had many pleasing talents by flattering the ladies of annecy he became fashionable among them appearing continually in their train he even pretended to favours at which they were much amused a madame d'epigny used to say the greatest favour he could aspire to was to kiss a lady on her knees as he was well read and spoke fluently his conversation was both amusing and instructive 
when i afterwards took a taste for study i cultivated his acquaintance and found my account in it when at chambery i frequently went from thence to see him his praises increased my emulation to which he added some good advice respecting the prosecution of my studies which i found useful unhappily this weakly body contained a very feeling soul some years after he was chagrined by i know not what unlucky affair but it cost him his life this was really unfortunate for he was a good little man whom at a first acquaintance one laughed at but afterwards loved though our situations in life were very little connected with each other as i received some useful lessons from him i thought gratitude demanded that i should dedicate a few sentences to his memory as soon as i found myself at liberty i ran into the street where mademoiselle gallet lived flattering myself that i should see some one go in or out or at least open a window but i was mistaken not even a cat appeared the house remaining as close all the time as if it had been uninhabited the street was small and lonely any one loitering about was consequently more likely to be noticed from time to time people passed in and out of the neighbourhood i was much embarrassed thinking my person might be known and the cause that brought me there conjectured this idea tortured me for i have ever preferred the honour and happiness of those i love to my own pleasures at length weary of playing the spanish lover and having no guitar i determined to write to mademoiselle de g i should have preferred writing to her friend but did not dare take that liberty as it appeared more proper to begin with her to whom i owed the acquaintance and with whom i was most familiar having written my letter i took it to mademoiselle giraud as the young ladies had agreed at parting they having furnished me with this expedient mademoiselle giraud was a quilter and sometimes worked at madame gallet's which procured her free admission to the house i must confess i was not thoroughly satisfied with this messenger but was cautious of starting difficulties fearing that if i objected to her no other might be named and it was impossible to intimate that she had an inclination to me herself i even felt humiliated that she should think i could imagine her of the same sex as those young ladies in a word 
i accepted her agency rather than none and availed myself of it at all events at the very first word that giraud discovered me i must own this was not a difficult matter for if sending a letter to young girls had not spoken sufficiently plain my foolish embarrassed air would have betrayed me it will easily be supposed that the employment gave her little satisfaction she undertook it however and performed it faithfully the next morning i ran to her house and found an answer ready for me how did i hurry away that i might have an opportunity to read it and kiss it alone though this need not have been told but the plan adopted by mademoiselle giraud and in which i found more delicacy and moderation than i had expected should she had sense enough to conclude that her thirty-seven years hairs eyes daubed nose shrill voice and black skin stood no chance against two elegant young girls in all the height and bloom of beauty she resolved therefore neither to betray nor assist them choosing rather to lose me entirely than entertain me for them as merceret had not heard from her mistress for some time she thought of returning to fribourg and the persuasions of giraud determined her nay more she intimated it was proper some one should conduct her to her father's and proposed me as i happened to be agreeable to little merceret she approved the idea and the same day they mentioned it to me as a fixed point finding nothing displeasing in the manner they had disposed of me i consented thinking it could not be above a week's journey at most but giraud who had arranged the whole affair thought otherwise it was necessary to avow the state of my finances and the conclusion was that merceret should defray my expenses but to retrench on one hand what was expended on the other i advised that her little baggage should be sent on before and that we should proceed by easy journeys on foot i am sorry to have so many girls in love with me but as there is nothing to be very vain of in the success of these amours i think i may tell the truth without scruple merceret younger and less artful than giraud never made me so many advances but she imitated my manners my actions repeated my words and showed me all those little attentions i ought to have had for her being very timorous she took great care that we should both sleep in the same chamber 
a circumstance that usually produces some consequences between a lad of twenty and a girl of twenty-five for once however it went no further my simplicity being such that though merceret was by no means a disagreeable girl an idea of gallantry never entered my head and even if it had i was too great a novice to have profited by it i could not imagine how two young persons could bring themselves to sleep together thinking that such familiarity must require an age of preparation if poor merceret paid my expenses in hopes of any return she was terribly cheated for we arrived at fribourg exactly as we had quitted annecy i passed through geneva without visiting any one while going over the bridges i found myself so affected that i could scarcely proceed never could i see the walls of that city never could i enter it without feeling my heart sink from excess of tenderness at the same time that the image of liberty elevated my soul the ideas of equality union and gentleness of manners touched me even to tears and inspired me with a lively regret at having forfeited all these advantages what an error i was in but yet how natural i imagined i saw all this in my native country because i bore it in my heart it was necessary to pass through nyon could i do this without seeing my good father had i resolved on doing so i must afterwards have died with regret i left merceret at the inn and ventured to his house how wrong was i to fear him on seeing me his soul gave way to the parental tenderness with which it was filled what tears were mingled with our embraces he thought i was returned to him i related my history and informed him of my resolution he opposed it feebly mentioning the dangers to which i exposed myself and telling me the shortest follies were best but did not attempt to keep me by force in which particular i think he acted right but it is certain he did not do everything in his power to detain me even by fair means whether after the step i had taken he thought i ought not to return or was puzzled at my age to know what to do with me i have since found that he conceived a very unjust opinion of my travelling companion my stepmother a good woman a little coaxingly put on an appearance of wishing me to stay to supper 
i did not however comply but told them i proposed remaining longer with them on my return leaving as a deposit my little packet that had come by water and would have been an encumbrance had i taken it with me i continued my journey the next morning well satisfied that i had seen my father and had taken courage to do my duty we arrived without any accident at fribourg towards the conclusion of the journey the politeness of mademoiselle merceret rather diminished and after our arrival she treated me even with coldness her father who was not in the best circumstances did not show me much attention and i was obliged to lodge at an alehouse i went to see them the next morning and received an invitation to dine there which i accepted we separated without tears at night i returned to my paltry lodging and departed the second day after my arrival almost without knowing whither to go to this was a circumstance of my life in which providence offered me precisely what was necessary to make my days pass happily merceret was a good girl neither witty handsome nor ugly not very lively but tolerably rational except while under the influence of some little humours which usually evaporated in tears without any violent outbreak of temper she had a real inclination for me i might have married her without difficulty and followed her father's business my taste for music would have made me love her i should have settled at fribourg a small town not pretty but inhabited by very worthy people i should certainly have missed great pleasures but should have lived in peace to my last hour and i must know best what i should have gained by such a step end of section 12 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey